0: Good morning, everyone. Uh, I have just a couple things I want to share with you. And uh, then I'll introduce our speaker this morning. One of them uh, I've written about in uh, the article in the bulletin about our interim speaker pastor who is going to be coming mid-May, and that is Roy Lawson. Some of you were here when he preached in late February. He is a gem. Uh, We are so excited. He's going to lend stability to our preaching Just kind of, uh, you'll get to hear his preaching uh, regularly, although we will continue to have some of our staff or our leaders in our church share, as has been so rich, uh, on occasion as well, and that'll be true this morning. I'll share as I'm able to along the way. But uh, Roy will not only be able to share excellent messages, but he has so much wisdom to impart to us as staff and to our elders. And uh, he just has an amazing life experience and God's given him so much wisdom. So we're excited about that. Our search team is in process. Uh, We've had a couple meetings so far of our next uh, senior pastor. And uh, we really ask for a couple things from you. Please be praying uh, for God's leading in that, so important, uh, that we find his person uh, also, if you know of candidates, have them submit their resume. Kevin Quinn is the uh, chair of our search team. But also next weekend, we're going to have, through SurveyMonkey or hard copy, um, just uh, questions asking for your input, uh, giving you some uh, areas to choose from. What's, what's really important to you? We really want to hear from you on that. And uh, then I wanted to share, just on a personal note, uh, as I've said in the bulletin, We've gone through, through two count rounds of chemo since uh, I was diagnosed uh, December 3rd with pancreatic cancer. And uh, they've said, that's all we can do for you here. You should look to the mainland. So we have. And by the grace of God, we got in right away. We're going to uh, a med center in Seattle that specializes in pancreatic cancer. And have been found more effective in extending life than, than many places. And so uh, we'll leave... I'll leave in about three minutes for the airport. We're flying out about 12:55 today, and uh, ask for your prayers during that. I know you all have been praying, and we're so grateful for all the prayers and support that you've given to us. Our hope is in the Lord, is it not? And uh, the apostle Paul said, "We have this treasure in earthen vessels. These are like jars of pottery. They don't last very long. Uh, but the treasure is within the gospel of Jesus Christ, the person of Christ and who he is and what he stands for. And that's why he says we're hard pressed on every side, um, but, but we're not uh, struck down. We're, we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. That's because of the treasure that we have. And so our hope is in Christ. And we know that he can do a miracle. But we're just praying through life or through death, Lord, that you'd be glorified. And God has given us such a peace uh, about that. And so we're grateful. We know that your prayers are all a part of that. Well, now let me transition to introduce our uh, speaker this morning. Murray Bodden and Bev have been part of our church for some years now. He's going to talk about two houses this morning. He's talking about building. And I just wanted to share that he has credibility, okay? Uh, He is a builder, from a contractor to becoming the president of Fletcher Pacific, an international company. Murray's uh, overseen building projects in America, Australia, uh, Malaysia, and the Middle East, all over the world. Um, He also oversaw our last building project here, where we built the admin building and classrooms for our school uh, just two years ago. And uh, had he not been our... Uh, just volunteer, overseer, that it would have cost us a lot more and it wouldn't have been near the quality that it ended up being. So we are grateful to Murray for that. He has experience and credibility in building. But that's not really what I wanted to mention. What I really wanted to say is he's going to talk about the storms of life that come against a house. And I I just want you to know, because he wouldn't tell you this, that... um, He and Bev know what it's like to have the storms of life come again, storms come against their life. A few years ago, Murray uh, was diagnosed with cancer and uh, it was a difficult time and he and Bev struggled with that, went to finally Houston and uh, to MD Anderson and uh, ultimately that cancer went into remission, but not before uh, Bev was diagnosed with cancer. And Bev's a real trooper. She's not only, she's here for a third message this weekend, which I give her credit for for that. Not that they're not great messages, they are, but, that, but that's <laughs> endurance. But her endurance <laughs> has been shown in these last two years in her courage to just battle that cancer and trust in the Lord. And so they're a living illustration of what Murray is talking about this morning. So please welcome our brother Murray as he comes to share.
1: Thanks, Ron. Thank you. Um, just in case you, the thought hit you when Ron was introducing and ma- commenting on my wife, she really is not a slow learner. She's just a strong supporter. Uh, she didn't need to hear this three times to get it, um, but I appreciate her being here. I want to talk this morning, or ask to start, as we start thinking about things this morning, just a general question of, What do you stand for? What's in the center of your life if someone was to say, what's the thing that you think uh, holds you together, makes you feel good? Um, What have you built your life on? What is that center? Maybe it's your position, the power and influence that you have. It might be the friendships and family, particularly family, that that's as important or more important than anything else in your life. Or it could be that um, you really have got to the stage where your possessions or your money or your bank balance is now giving you the security that you once dreamed about and now you feel like, I've got, got it all together, I'm okay. Or it might be just how fit you are and how well you look and how healthy you are and you really are blessed and thankful for that good health. It may be a bunch of different things. The interesting test is what happens to all those things when they go away, or when they are impacted, or when a storm hits you? Where, where, what's the use of money? Where do your possessions fit? What happens if your family disintegrates one way or another through addictions or stress or strange or divorce or separation? Is it now the centre of your life? What happens when a hurricane comes and hits your house and knocks it away, as Bev and I have experienced years ago in Darwin, a place in Australia, when our house got just demolished to the ground? How important was that house then? That's the question that we're going to look at today. How important are the things that are at the centre of your life? And what can you put there that is important no matter what happens to your life? So this morning we're going to look at um, a story that Jesus told about wise people and foolish people. It's about building a house a life that stands. As I was thinking about this and preparing it in my study a couple of days ago there was a sound out the back door across the valley from where we lived that was driving me nuts. It was a new house being built up on the rock of the slope of the um, property at the back of us. And those contractors were there on their jackhammers, And I'm trying to think. And all of a sudden it hit me that it was like God had given me a soundtrack in the background... Of the message that he was wanting me to think about and preach on. Building a house on rock. The hard work sometimes of rock. And so it was that uh, I looked further forward at this illustration. So it's the illustration this morning is a story that's well known to you, most of us anyway, and we've known it from the time we we're a little child. It's the story of uh, a tale of two builders of two houses, of two choices, of one storm, at least one storm, and of two outcomes. The builders are us. The houses are our lives. That's the picture that is being drawn by this story, this parable that Jesus tells. The choices are whether we make wise choices or foolish choices. The storm is something that comes upon us. You know that you've either gone through a storm, you know of someone that's gone through a storm, or well, this is maybe not the good news of this morning, but there is good news to come. But the third thing is that you may count on probably going through a storm a testing time, a difficult time, uh, uh, when temptations hit, when health deteriorates, when money dries up when something happens to your family, when relationships disintegrate, that storm will come. And then the story tells us this parable that there are two outcomes which depend on what we build on. Depends on what we build on. Two outcomes. So listen to the story while I read it to you. It comes from Luke chapter... 6 verses forty-six, forty-nine. very short. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not what I say? I will show you what it is like he who, puts, who comes to me and hears my words and then puts them into practice. He is like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. When the floods came and the torrent struck that house, but it could not be shaken because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground or the sand without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Matthew, I think, uses the words, and great was the fall of the house. Its structure was complete. This is a story of comparisons where Jesus as he often does with uh, his teaching, compares one with the other and then draws an outcome. And that's what we're talking of today. Both houses in our story serve the same purposes. They both have the same function. They house people. They, both houses have the same materials. Both houses are built on a foundation. But one foundation is solid rock and the other foundation is easy sand. And on the surface, and under normal circumstances, both houses look and perform as, they, as each other. No difference. The story of contrast, then, is about two foundations, one that stands and one that doesn't stand. Uh, there are two different outcomes. When? When the storm hits. One house stands, the other crumbles. It's not really how the houses are built, the p- point of this story. The point of the story is what they're built on. A little bit of background about Palestine or the Middle East. Um, if you've been there, you'll know it. If you lived in Arizona, you'll know it. It's sandy, it's dry, it's deserty, it's dusty for a lot of the time. Um, Because it's so dry, when the the rains do come and they come sometimes, they form these uh, wadis that become creek beds of which the water in the storms all runs to and runs through. The foolish man is the man that sort of takes the easy way out and sees a great opportunity to build on the banks of a wadi, the banks of a creek, and so he builds there. He builds and cuts into the stand a little bit, and that's where he's at. Everything's fine. His house looks great, and he actually has a little view because he's now on the edge and the creek bed's running down the middle. Everything's fine until the storm comes. And in the Middle East, like Friday night, the storm comes unexpectedly. The storm hits, and when it hits, it's severe. And when it rains, it rains my son-in-law had his 50th birthday party on Friday night and he wanted to do something different not just have a party at the house or go to a hotel which in his words is boring. He wanted to take his two teenage children and a bunch of his friends and his old parents-in-law and go down to Waimanalo Beach Park and camp and so off they went to prepare well the wisdom of the old parents-in-law was that we couldn't get down and lay on the floor and sleep on the bed so we weren't going we'll come and eat tomorrow but it wasn't too long before we started to hear the pitter-patter of small rain and very soon we heard the storm hit and the rains were coming down and we're a long way away and we looked out the back and across the koalaos it was nothing but black and not long after that we get word from when they turn up that they're washed out, and so the storm hit and it sort of brought home this story that the storm hit. You might have read the the story in the newspaper on Saturday morning about the storm hitting and about that big rock that rolled down the side somewhere out in the east area that was dislodged by the rain and rolled down the cliff or down the mountainside and crashed into a house. That's not the rock we're talking about. That's a rock that moved. That's a rock that rolled. I gonna nearly say rock and roll, but that, <laughs> that, that was the rock that rocked and rolled. But the rock we're talking about today is that foundation that's below that rock, the foundation that doesn't move, that is unchanging. So what happens when pressure comes? When storms like Friday night become a storm like maybe some nights in our life, some days in our life. When storms hit hit you differently than it hits me, but it's still a storm. It's something that we didn't expect. Something sometimes that's come out of left field. So the house on the rock stood firm, that's obvious, and the house on the sand crashed. But it's not really about the house. It's all about its foundation what it is grounded on. The foundations of a building are by far the most important component of the building. Good foundations that are dug deep and founded on something solid will stand. Rock that will not move. But foundations, interesting, are generally hidden. You don't see them, they're under here. You don't see them at your house, generally they're under there. You don't see them in these big high-rises that are around this community, but they're there. The foundation is the most important and most essential part of any building, big or small. The foundations are not seen, but that determines how good what we do see is. Not seen, but determines what is seen how it reacts under pressure. And that's the same for our life, often, that what we see is really a representation of what we've got our life built on, how we behave and perform, not just in the good times, but in the tough times, when temptation comes, when trials comes, when pressure comes, when impacts come on our life that we didn't expect that cut us apart. It's like what Bev and I have experienced and many of you have experienced one way or another. It's that same with a well-built life as it is with a well-built house. The key is the foundation. Not how it's built, but what it's built on. I say that again? As a house and a life, it's not what is built, It is what it's built on. The question then is, how do we stand up? You know, the text of our morning gives us the clue as to what Jesus is saying, that he says that I'll show you what it's like for someone who hears my words and puts them into practice. He's like a man that builds his house on a rock. So Jesus is saying in this passage, in this story that he's telling his people in this parable something about everyday life that they understand, but with a heavenly principle attached to it. He's saying to these people, interesting, the foundation is my words and what you do with them. My words and whether you're connected to me and what you do with me. That's where we are. You know, many know the story well and would say, well, we don't need anything more. But I want to suggest to you that it's a time, a good time for us to spend a few minutes just thinking about our life foundation. You know, a few years ago, no, in fact, every year, we get a knock on the door and the guy comes in from the termite company and says that I'm here to do your termite inspection. And uh, he does the termite inspection and... It might be six months since the last one, and it's the same report with just an increasing cost attached to it. And the temptation is to save that money and that time and not waste any more money and time to get another termite inspection. But six months later, we get the phone call and knock on the door I'm come to do your termite inspection. Well, thank goodness we did, because one time he found that there was a lot of wet rot settling into one corner of the house. And he found that there were some termites acting underneath, out of sight, and we were able to take care of it and fix up our house. And so in a sense this morning, this little story that you all know well, and some of you sang the song in kindergarten or in, in early Sunday school, you know, the rains came down and storm. I won't, will, certainly will not test you by listening to me sing it but you know that story when the rains came down and the storms came up and what happened and my little six-year-old son-in-law, uh, six-year-old uh, granddaughter was uh, sitting in my study and asking me what I was doing and I was telling him I'm writing what story and I told him this story and he started singing. The rains came down and the floods came came up and the house on the rock stood firm and then the rains came down and the house and then he did what all young kids like but this is one of the points that we need to be aware of he gets right to the end of that little ditty song you know that song and the the rains came down and the storms came up and the house built on the sand went crash and that's what you know how young kids love that piece of the song And this is what this story is telling us this morning, that it destructed the house, it's destroyed the house, it devastated the house. And if our house is us, we do not want to get into that situation. So my suggestion this morning is that we take the next few minutes together and let your mind wander as to what is your life foundation. What is that question I asked at the beginning? What have you built your life on? What's the most important thing and what would happen if that was taken away from you? Is it your education or is it your position and power? Is it just your job? Is it your possessions? Your fitness and your health and looking good? Is it money? And having enough security in the bank account to feel secure with your life? Or would any of us answer the question straight off like that, that it is God? Jesus and his teachings, his word. That's what we need to hang on to because money will go and bankruptcy can come. Houses can be built that look nice and just like ours in Darwin, they can crash overnight in an unexpected cyclone. Jobs can be terribly fulfilling until you lose one, and your life can be destroyed. What do I do when I don't have a job? What do I do when I don't have a home? What do I do when there's no money? What do I do when my family falls apart? What do I do when the doctor gives me that report that I thought was only going to happen to other people? There's only one rock that is going to stand and that's the test as we ask, answer the question and do this life review of what's underneath, what's at the centre of our life. If In and of themselves, all those things I mentioned are terrific. They're needed and it's wise to counsel to have them and put them in place and keep them there. But will they stand against the storms of life? because I want to give a warning. Be aware that the storms will hit. The Bible says so, but you know life tells you so. They may not have hit you yet, but they might have hit your neighbour. They may not yet have hit you, but they may will, will. We will all be impacted, directly or indirectly, by some of these storms, unexpectedly coming you know, like the storm on Friday night or unexpectedly, like the storm that hits the Middle East and the rains come down and the winds blow and the floods come up and what are we going to do when it seems like, wow, I didn't expect this. So be aware. Second B is to be prepared because I can assure you of one thing, it's very hard to build a foundation in the midst of the storm. Whether it be a physical storm that we're trying to build in to build a house or a building or whether it be a, a personal storm and we're trying to do something in the middle of it. We need to get connected ahead of time. I want to spend a little bit of time and I might have messed up these people following the, the um, story for, for us but I want to show you three buildings And I want to just uh, illustrate a point with these buildings. How these buildings stand in a storm will depend upon what is under the ground, to reinforce the point I made. The very fact that these buildings look spectacular, just as your life does, looks spectacular. We said this morning, amazing. Our lives look just like these buildings look spectacular. They're only as good as what is below the ground. But you know what is below the ground of just these three buildings is something like that might be right below the ground of your life today and my life uh, today. It might be something that is unpredictable, it might be mucky, it might be hollow. The building on the left is the First Hawaiian Bank that you know from downtown and interestingly the First Hawaiian Bank is built in an area downtown where the seawater, tides, rise and lower. So, it's so close to the ocean that below that building is tidal. That building is built into that tidal zone uh, to a little bit. It's built on a man-made foundation that is at least as deep as from here to... um, halfway up to that beam. It's It's a building that took so much concrete that the concrete trucks had to work for about 20 hours non-stop, to fill it up with concrete. That's what's under the First Hawaiian Bank. Good to know that a bank is built on a solid foundation. But what's interesting, the tidal nature of that area comes up, goes down, that foundation would move. Now, it's a big, tall, strong building on top of it. If that moves, the building will topple. So what has happened there is from the man-made foundation, there are rods called rock anchors, connecting to God-made foundation, the solid rock some 50 and 60 feet below that man-made foundation. So the First Hawaiian Bank sits on a man-made foundation, but it would continue to move with the tidal areas if it wasn't connected to the solid rock. And that's done by anchors, and the reason they're anchors that are called rock anchors is it will stop it from floating. The second building is the one on the right-hand side, is the Nauru Tower that's built down in Alamoana Boulevard in Kaka'ako. And if you know Kaka'ako, and those that are really old here will understand, and they knew Kaka'ako when it was just marshland, when it was swamp land. And so that big building is built on swamp land, and underneath and running through those swamps uh, is uh, lava tubes. Lava tubes are big pockets in the rock. When that building was being built as they started to drill down to put the foundation piles down to anchor that one, sit that one on rock, they found that they hit tu- tubes of air, six and eight foot diameter. So in the marshy lands and the rotten, scungy land that is along the front of Alamoina Boulevard, the ground looks solid until you dig into it and there are these big tubes. And the piles that they built on would get lost going down there. So there was a technique where they had to take those piles, tie them to big ropes and drop them down and then drive those piles into solid rock, sometimes 50 and 60 feet below the first layer of rock that they broke into. So mucky ground is under there. and We had to go through that mucky ground to build it. The third building is a building built on sand. Now, there's a contrast and a contradiction of the story. The third building is a large hotel, 1,150 feet tall, that is built in the Arabian Gulf in Dubai, and it's built on sand. And it stands, uh, the tallest hotel in the world, one of the tallest buildings, built on sand. But that foundation is built so far down with these big caissons, they call them, which are large um, circular blocks of concrete, four foot six in diameter, 20 or 30 or 40 of them, then they are bored out, sleeves are put in, and a man-made concrete foundation is poured for up to 80 foot deep until it gets down to where the sand has become so compressed and consolidated that it is rock-like. Three buildings in in areas that you wouldn't normally build because of um, different ground conditions. Activity that was going on below the ground, uh, just like our lives. Activity going on inside each of your life, but these buildings are standing firm because they went through that and connected themselves to something that wouldn't move. Through the lava tubes and the pockets to build a condominium, into the water that kept moving to go very deep down and tie to a rock that wouldn't move, and into sand that was so deep that it became rock-like. That's sort of the message that we're getting this morning from here. So, we've done the foundation, we've explained the foundation, and Jesus says, build on me and my teaching. What is the teaching? The short answer of the teaching is Jesus telling these people everything that I have taught you before this story. In both Matthew's account on the Sermon on the Mount and Luke's account of what's known as the Sermon on the Plain, there's a whole list of things that Jesus has taught on. Is telling people the wise way and the foolish way. He's telling people how to live our life or how to protect our life, how to stand strong. And so Jesus uses a whole bunch of things... He talks about the use of money and how it stands or fails, about not worrying and trusting him, about the power and importance of prayer, about giving to the needy and using our money wisely, about judging and not criticising and, and, the, and the strength that that comes, on loving our enemies, which is a hard thing to think about, about fasting and keeping our word and being honest people. He talks about practical things like divorce and lust and anger. You name it, and you'll find Jesus is taught on it, generally in the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain. And he finishes that teaching with this parable, with this story. And he speaks to us, to reiterate my point, to you and to me. Why does he speak to us? The clue is, in the very first line of that text this morning... Why do you call me Lord, Lord? We are the people that call him Lord, Lord. We come to church, we know him, we go to Bible study, we listen to his teaching. We are the ones who call him Lord, Lord. We are the churchgoers, we are the Christians, we are the believers. So why do you call me Lord, Lord, and then do not what I say? I'm going to tell you, he says, we are like people that hear the words and don't put them into practice. Now I'm not suggesting that you are like people that hear the words and don't put them into practice but I am suggesting that Jesus is talking to to his disciples and his followers at the time that knew who he was and had listened to his words and he's saying just like us you've heard the word so many times you've read the word regularly why aren't you putting it into practice? If you don't you are like a foolish builder that builds a house and when the storms come when the temptations of life come, when the pressures of life come, when things go south on you, you'll fall apart. But if you hear the words and you put them into practice, you will stand firm. And so I hope that in a simple way, with the request that you do an audit or an inventory or a review of your own foundation, what's in the middle, what's, what's the hub of your life, what are you built on, this parable Um, is obvious the house is us the life is ours the wisdom that we will show is whether we are built well or whether we are built shallowly the test will come when the pressures come that will tell whether we have a well built life I hope it is I hope that the review says that we've looked underneath the surface and everything is okay. You're able to stand strong, stand firm. The foundation is there. But if if it's not, it's not time for despair. Today might be the time to do something before the storm comes. You know, There is one thing that happens in construction, that sometimes a building starts to wobble. The storms and pressures on that building have come along and have moved it. It may be the storm and pressure just of age that is moving that building or that house, but it's still sort of standing, but it's starting to lean or starting to crack or starting to wobble, I think I'm talking about our life too. And what do we do? We don't demolish it. We don't knock it down. We underpin it. We go under the foundation that man has built and dig down while the building is still standing and then pour a new connection, a new connecting foundation, down to something solid. And all of a sudden... The building that was showing deterioration that hadn 't yet devastated has now built a new foundation while it is still standing but now is connected to something solid and so whilst I hope your life in your check list is on a solid connection on a solid foundation on something that is immovable like God and his word and the practice the service of that, if it isn't this is a great time to think about underpinning your life. Connect to God. Dig underneath the surface and make sure we go down to that foundation. Now. Right now. Before it's too late. Because when it really crashes, it's very hard to pick it up. So the Conclusion of today's thoughts are that let's make sure that we have committed our life to Jesus, the rock. Let's make sure that we know his word. That we think about his word, we dwell on, we sit on, we lean on God's word. Let's make sure, though, that we do more than just listen. That we trust him, that we obey him. It's worth it because this is truth. And let's make sure that we then go and do something about it by putting it into practice. And that will even strengthen further the foundation that we've got. Jesus is just like rock, rock in the ground. The rock in the ground is still there, no matter what happens above to our buildings. And Jesus is still there. And his the word tells us, and he will be there forever the rock is there and Jesus is there Jesus is able to keep those who build on him safe and sound through the good times and through the bad times Jesus is also like rock in the ground waiting and ready for new houses to connect, to commit, to rely upon him so it's not too late Today might be the day that we need to take inventory of where we are and what's in the center of our life. If it's Jesus, all well and good, praise him and give him thanks. If we're wobbling a little bit, then might be the day to reconnect a little bit and underpin our life by getting back in touch with him. And if we've got a life or friends or family that are wobbling because they don't seem to have any foundation and we've lost our way, then today is the day to build the foundation of commitment to Jesus Christ. So he's ready and he's waiting and he's willing to have your house connect to his foundation. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word, your message, your teaching to us, the stories that you use to explain your truth. And yes, we do want a life that stands strong, that is well built, no matter what the circumstances are. And we do want a life that lasts long for eternity, a life that allows us to know with confidence, have the hope that we will live and dwell in your house forever. So build our lives afresh and anew on the solid rock of Jesus Christ this morning and put that belief and commitment and connection into action as we go through our daily daily work this week. so we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.